Hi everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of my podcast. Today I have a special subject to talk to you about, podcasting. But instead of just talking about podcasting from an academic perspective, I wanted to share more of my personal story with you in terms of why I wanted to start a podcast in the first place, what I have learned about podcasting so far, and also some other things that I've discovered on this journey about public speaking and storytelling that could also be helpful if you one day decide to create a podcast of your own. One of the reasons why I decided to start podcasting was actually because I see a lot of value in this form of assuming knowledge. Just like audiobooks, which I'm also a big fan of, I enjoy listening to podcasts because I can do that while being engaged in something else. It's incredibly practical and productive. You can clean the house, you can drive somewhere, or you can exercise while you listen to a podcast. You can't really do that while reading or while watching a video, or at least it's not as easy. The growing popularity of podcasts, which I believe according to Nielsen studies is about 20% growth year on year, seems to suggest that there must be many other people who feel the same as I do. So I decided I want to learn more on the subject. The depth of knowledge that I got, for example, by actually starting and growing my Instagram account was something I knew I wouldn't have gotten just by managing a brand account for a company that I worked for. It just allowed me to get a much better grip on the whole community aspect of Instagram and in turn, it also allowed me to be much more effective in my use of this platform as a marketing tool in my job. I believe the same can be true for when creating, developing and growing a podcast. And I'll try to share what I learned with you. So, so far, it actually has been a pretty interesting experience. The first thing you go up against when starting a podcast is what platform to host it on. Obviously, you want your podcast to be available on the most popular streaming services like Spotify or iTunes or YouTube. So the question is how to do that. And it took me a while to find the right platform to host my podcast. There's quite a few of them out there. But after doing my research, I, in the end, decided to go for Red Circle as my host. It's the only one that I could find that was actually free without having any big limitations for a novice podcaster. So if you want to start, this is something that I can definitely recommend. The second challenge was actually finding my voice. There's a difference in delivery when you have visual aids in a classroom or during a course or even in a video where you can use your body language to make a point. When you only have your voice as your tool to engage your audience, it becomes more difficult. You have to make all your points and transfer all your meaning using just one form of expression. And the third challenge was actually how to structure my podcast. How long should it be? What should it contain? What flow should it have? These are all questions that I was asking myself. So faced with these questions, I pretty quickly decided I needed to do some background research to improve the quality of my podcasts. There's obviously a difference in delivery when you're doing an interview versus when you're speaking about a subject by yourself. 
I also started a personal growth and development podcast in Polish where I do interviews. So, so far, what I can say is that I'm finding interviews actually quite a bit easier. You can rely so much more on the other person in that case. But I like a challenge and this is a learning process for me, the fourth episode. So please bear with me as I experiment. One thing I've always really admired in people is the capacity to tell great stories. I think I myself am pretty good at visual communication, but maybe because I'm a bilingual person, language has always been more of a challenge for me. So when I thought about what I could do to improve my podcasts, I figured brushing up on my storytelling and public speaking techniques could be a big help. I'm currently signed up on Coursera and Audible to a couple of storytelling courses to find out what I can do to improve the way that I structure my podcast. There's actually one I just finished that I found particularly enlightening. It's on Audible and it's called The Art of Public Speaking. And in it, Professor John R. Hale from the University of Louisville talks about the things you need to know to become a great public speaker. And he takes lessons from history's best public speakers like Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr. and Marie Curie Skłodowska. And he illustrates his points with really interesting examples. Although it's a course on public speaking, I think many of the principles covered in this course will apply to what I am doing here as well. So I want to share with you my favorite lessons from him connected to crafting your speech. So the first tip is that the human brain was not designed to remember facts. It was designed to remember stories. So when I started crafting the draft for this podcast, I wanted to share the statistics about podcasting that I find pretty exciting, like that over 80% of podcast listeners finish the episode or almost finish it, or that people who listen to podcasts are much more likely to own smart speakers, or that there's already 30 million episodes available on the top platforms right now. It's interesting stuff to me, but apparently facts are not exciting to the human brain. You can, however, make facts more memorable by attaching them to stories. So people will remember things because something happens to a protagonist. So if I were to tell you a story about Liz, your typical podcast listener, who listens to her favorite seven podcasts for almost an hour each and every day when she wakes up. And the first thing she does is she puts on her podcast while she does a little bit of house cleaning. And then, you know, she does some morning exercises. So she continues listening to her podcast. And then she decides to eat her breakfast and go to work. And she listens to the last 15 minutes of her podcast on, in her car on her way to work. And she finishes a whole episode every time that she listens to a podcast. There's a much higher likelihood that you will remember those things, even though this isn't a crazy interesting story. But just because it's attached to a character, it becomes easier to absorb. But when giving someone a tip of, you know, create a story, like dress your facts up in a story instead of just telling them, you might say, well, Magda, that's, you know, easier said than done. So I want to share the simplest way of 
telling a story. And that is to do exactly what I did in the beginning of this episode, which is to tell your audience why you are doing something. That's already better than just telling them dry facts. The second tip that stuck with me is to always include something personal. People find vulnerability extremely endearing. So when you actually show your true self, not a perfectly polished image, when you, know, when you show some weakness, you automatically become more relatable as an individual, as an influencer or as a speaker. And that's a good thing. There's even something in psychology called the Prattfall effect. There was a study conducted in the 1960s that showed that when an individual makes a mistake, their likability increases. Although there's a caveat to the story, because there's something that people often forget to say when talking about the Prattfall effect. And this caveat is that the increase in likability only happens if the individual who makes the mistake is already considered as very knowledgeable and professional when they already established their expertise. So in the study, they had a game show participant who answered over 90% of the questions correctly, which is an incredible amount. And then he spilled coffee on himself. The study participants rated him. And when he spilled the coffee, they rated him as more likable. However, when a participant who was answering questions in a mediocre way also spilled coffee on himself, then actually the participants ranked his likability as lower. So mistakes humanize experts. They can, however, undermine a novice. But the one situation, if you are a novice, where you can get away with making mistakes if you're not an expert is if you're sharing a story about your journey. A journey is something that other people can learn from that provides them with value. So it's a great choice because then it doesn't matter. They're learning from your mistakes and that's a good thing. And the third lesson that I wanted to share here is to use the power of three every time you make a speech. For some reason, the human mind finds threes very satisfying. If you look at folklore, universal folk consciousness moves in threes. In tales that have been passed on through generations by word of mouth, there's always three of something. Three tasks, three talismans, three brothers. It's actually beautifully used in Harry Potter with the three brothers and the three deathly hollows, if you know that story. So when the first two fail with the third one, we as the audience are ready for a sense of completion when the third one overcomes the adversity. So in podcasting or creating speeches, this rule can refer to having three parts to your speech, the introduction, the body, and the conclusion, or to having three examples, or even just using three adjectives or three clauses. When you're trying to convince someone of something, giving them one argument or one fact is usually not enough because it feels like it could be a coincidence. Giving them two is more like an opposition, but three of something makes a case. So always try using three examples, three parts to the story, three facts. I want to finish off by summarizing the status of podcasting right now. 
There's over 1 million podcasts available out there right now on the top platforms. For advertisers, product placement and podcasts is incredibly exciting, especially if their products can benefit from a story setting. And there's one last thing that is worth considering, and that's the idea of sonic branding. It's pretty standard for all brands to create their logos these days because it's common knowledge that brands add value as a symbol or as something that helps you to recognize a specific producer of a certain product. However, so few brands actually have sonic branding. So sound can be something easily identifiable with you as a as a producer or as an owner of a company. As a marketer, I would definitely encourage you, if you deal with marketing, to consider creating a sonic brand for yourself or for your products. It's definitely something I still need to work on for my own podcasts. As you can see, my I don't have an intro for my podcasts right now. I'm still trying to figure that part out. But one thing is for sure. As HomePods and smart speakers are growing in popularity, there's definitely some opportunity to captivate your audience with audio and sonic branding can be an important part of that. Audio has a special intimacy with listeners and taps into certain reward centers in your brain that other things just do not. So this is something that I want to leave you with as an afterthought. Does your brand have a sound that it can identify that you can identify with what brands do you actually know that have a specific sound like the beginning of a ted talk that's so specific that sound is just something that's always there what could your brand sound like thanks for listening and i hope that you enjoyed this episode and i'll see you in the next one